reading is from Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12, and it can be found on page 966 in the Red Bibles. So, Matthew 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks so much, Claire. Here's a question for you. What do you buy as a present for someone who's got everything? Maybe that's a problem you've struggled with this year yourself. But let's make it even bigger than that. Imagine having to buy a present for a king or queen. That's quite a big deal. What would you buy royalty? And as you're thinking about, we've got a little quiz for you. We're going to throw up some presents onto the screen that have been bought for royalty over the years. And you've got to guess which member of royalty it was bought for. We've made it a bit easier. We have given you two options. Two options. Okay, so here are four gifts that have been given to royals down the years. uh, And we've got two options for you. Which royal was given the following? So here's the first one. It's a cute picture, isn't it? Look at that. Cute picture of a baby. This is a painting by Hans Holbein. Of, a, of an infant child there. Was this a gift for Henry VIII or James I? Ten seconds or so just to chat about that. What do you think? Now, see if people okay. know who Hans Holbein is. Hands up for Henry VIII. Good, good showing Ooh. for Henry VIII. James I. Pretty oh, even, but pretty more even Henry VIII. And you are? Oh, oh. It, is, it is. Next, next slide. Correct, hey. yes, Henry VIII, it is, it is Edward, Excellent. it is his son it's Edward. Little that. Edward VI, the young Josiah. Mm. Next slide, please. Now, here we are. Uh, 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 may, depending on your taste, could say stylish, 
could say garish, diamond-encrusted, union-flag-styled um, rattle. Who was this for? Was this for Princess Anne or Princess Charlotte? Ten seconds to chat. Hands up for Princess Anne. Who says Princess Anne? Oh, quite a few. And then hands up for Princess Charlotte. Oh, I think more for Princess Charlotte. Let's see who it was. It was Princess Charlotte. Very good, very good. Third one. Now, this is a very rare one-humped camel. And was this given as a gift to Prince William? Or was it given to Richard II? Have a few moments to chat with those near you. Specifically one-humped camel, by the way. It's got to be a one-humped camel. camel. So, who thinks Prince William? Mm, A few people there. What about uh, Richard II? Oh. Well, the correct answer is Richard II. Well Well done. Well done, medieval historians. Excellent. And finally, finally, maybe this one's easy. Look at that. (laughs) Cuter than the baby, Elizabeth, uh, Edward VI? I don't know. What do we think? Who was given the corgi? Was it Elizabeth II or Elizabeth I? Five seconds. I'll give you five seconds to get, think about that. Hands up for Elizabeth II. Oh, quite, quite an overwhelming. Where, anyone for Elizabeth I? No. no. Yeah, you're, you're right. It was Elizabeth II. Very good. Susan. That was the name of the corgi. That's the name of the That's corgi. The name of the corgi Not another way, name Susan. for Elizabeth II. Not just shouting somebody. <laughs> okay. That's right. Okay, well, the Magi, uh, we sometimes call them the wise men. We just read about them. Um, and they see a star in the sky, and they see it as a sign that a new king is coming. And so they want to go and visit him, but they know they've got to take appropriate gifts for the king. And we're just going to concentrate, really, on one verse, what happens near the end of that passage. It says this. Uh, The Magi, the wise men, they bowed down and worshipped Jesus. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, And the first thing I want us to see about the wise men uh, this morning is, when they came to Jesus, the wise men give their treasures to him. They open their treasures to him. Tim, I have a treasure for you, a Christmas present. Oh, thank you, Jack. As I say, we normally have to wait till the afternoon in our family, but this is very exciting. Don't tell them. I think they're here, but don't tell them. Oh, it's the... Well, it's very nice. It's very fancy. Pen. Oh, it's very nice, isn't it? Now, it it is lovely, so thank you very much, Jack. I, I don't know about you, though... I've kind of got a drawer full of quite fancy pens because they're just too nice to use every day, aren't they? Uh, I don't want to use them just to do my ordinary everyday work. So I kind of keep them special and separate and then never get round to using them. And I don't know, but maybe we feel the same way about the gifts the wise men gave. Uh, Gold, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, Frankincense and myrrh were like special spices and perfumes that would make you smell wonderful. But when they got them, I wonder how Mary and Joseph reacted. Great. 
but when am I going to use them? I mean, even the gold, you don't just pop down the local market and buy something with a brick of gold, do you? They're probably like, oh, we prefer nappies and a baby grow, to be perfectly honest with you. They're more, more useful. But that's the point. When you give a gift to a king, you don't give them something useful. It would be an insult to a king to think that they needed anything. You don't give them useful things. Mm, These were standard gifts given to someone like a king to honor him. Gold and precious spices and fragrances. These were the kind of luxuries that would be on display. To, to, so the king could say, look at me, look how rich and great I am. The richest, most powerful king in the Old Testament was Solomon. And in the Bible, we see he was visited by the queen of Sheba. And what does she bring him? She brings him gifts of gold and spices and fragrances. They're meant to enhance his glory. And in the Old Testament, God promised his people another king called the Messiah, a king who would be greater than every other king the world had known. And God said when this king arrived, people from other countries, other nations would come and bring him gifts of gold and precious fragrances and spices to give him the honor he was due as a great king. And Jesus is that promised king. When the wise men see the star, they realize that God has sent the king he promised into the world. And so he does. They do what God said they would do. They come from other nations and bring gifts fit for a king. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had to root around my house, I'm not sure I'd be able to find much in the way of gold or frankincense or myrrh, even at Christmas time, to give to Jesus. But actually, that's okay, because the gifts really are a sign of giving something much more important to Jesus. And this idea is in a verse of a Christmas carol I'm sure we all know, in the bleak midwinter. The verse goes like this, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can I give him? Give my excellence. Give my heart. And that's what God wants us to give to Jesus most of all. He wants our hearts. The wise, man don't, the wise men don't just give their treasures. Secondly, the wise men give their hearts by worshipping Jesus. Let's remember our verse again. Uh, what did it say? Uh, they they worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him before they gave their treasures. So yes, the wise men give their treasures, but secondly, the wise men give their hearts. Now that word worship literally means to bow down to the ground and kiss. I won't actually kiss the ground because I don't know. Um, Okay. Now one of the things you sometimes do when you meet a new baby is you give them a little kiss. Uh, Maybe you've done that when you visited a baby brother or a baby sister or a baby cousin. Uh, You're saying, welcome to the world. But this is a bit different. When you kiss a king, it's not just saying welcome to the world. It's a sign of honor, respect, and you're saying, I'm going to obey you as the king. Now, earlier this year, back in May, we had a coronation in this country. Uh, And during the coronation, this happened. I wonder if you can... On one, on one more. This picture. 
There we go. Uh -huh. Now, there's a little picture there, and there's King Charles with his back to us, and you can see Prince William, his son, is giving him a kiss. And when he kissed him at that moment, he said this, I, William, Prince of Wales, pledge my loyalty to you. He was promising to serve and obey the king, and the kiss was the sign. He says, the kiss was saying, I will obey you, I will serve you, because you are the true king. Mm. And in the Old Testament, God said that as well as nations bringing gifts to the king, they also should obey and serve him. At one point, God tells the nations to kiss the son by which he means the son of David, the king of his people. Well, our reading today is in Matthew chapter 2, but in chapter 1, Matthew wants us to know that Jesus is the son of David. He is the king God promised. And so the nations need to bring him gifts, like God said, but they also need to kiss him, to serve and obey him. This is why the wise men bowed down and worshipped him. Much more important than the gold they give or the frankincense or the myrrh is the fact that they are giving him their heart, giving themselves to serve this newborn king, to be loyal to him and put their trust in him. And actually, we can all do that doesn't matter how rich or poor we are, or maybe how big or little we are. We can all do that. God doesn't mind those things because he doesn't need us to give to him. In fact, even though the wise men give gifts, give their hearts, the message of Christmas isn't really about what we give to God, but about what God gives to us. Yeah, and this is our final point. The wise men give their treasures, the wise men give their hearts, but but Christmas is really all about God giving himself. Uh, this Christmas, yes, this morning, we're considering the wise men and the gifts they brought to one of the newborn king. And our minds might already be thinking about the gifts that we're going to give or receive today. Uh, Christmas is a time when we think about giving and receiving a lot more. It is a time when we think about generosity. And that's right. Because Christians remember at Christmas that our God is a generous, giving God. He gives everything. He gives himself in Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes might have eternal life. At Christmas, we remember the generous grace of our Lord Jesus, who though he was rich in heaven without us, he became poor on earth with us so that one day we might enjoy the riches of heaven with him. It's amazing when we think about how generous our God is. And the right response to Christmas is, is summed up in a, in a verse from the New Testament, which says this, it's on the screen. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Christmas is all about the amazing gift, the greatest gift of all, God giving himself in the Lord Jesus. And we're going to sing about that gift now. We're going to sing about that gift as one that brings joy to the world. So if you're able, please stand and let's sing together.